When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu. Yo, everybody. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. Let's get started with injuries and transactions. Shane McClanahan, ace of the Rays, is being reactivated today against the Blue Jays. It'd be hard to bench him, but I'd lower my expectations a bit for this first game back. Justin Verlander will be reactivated tomorrow from the IL against the Oakland A's, and unlike McClanahan, I have no reservations about firing him up in all formats. Hunter Green of the Reds should be activated from the IL Saturday for one of the two games they'll play against the Cardinals. I'm not super into Hunter Green in that game as he's been inconsistent, but if you're really chasing strikeouts, that is something that's well within Hunter Green's wheelhouse. And Aroldis Chapman is expected to return tomorrow for the Yankees off the IL, though the role he'll play is pretty uncertain and his path to fantasy relevance is cloudy and vague at best. As far as hitting performances from yesterday, JT Real Mudo of the Philadelphia Phillies went two for four with two home runs, four RBI, and a walk. As Dave Swan points out in today's batter's box, Real Mudo could hit and run his way into just the tw- the second 2020 season for a catcher with the other coming from Ivan Pudge Rodriguez. It's nothing short of miraculous to see a 31-year-old catcher set a career high in stolen bases for the second consecutive season, but that's where we're at with Real Mudo. I have him as my number two catcher right now behind Adley Rutschman on the hitter list, which is less of a knock on Real Mudo than it is a pure awe of Adley Rutschman, and the real story probably is that the top tier of catcher seems deeper now than it has been in ages. Rodolfo Castro of the Pittsburgh Pirates continued to stay hot. He went two for five with a home run, two runs scored, four RBI, and a stolen base. Castro's had a few really hot and really cold stretches this season, and right now it's much more of the former than the latter. On his current seven-game hitting streak, Rodolfo has two doubles, three home runs, a stolen base, and 13 combined runs in RBI, with O'Neill Cruz igniting the offense and defense with his crazy raw ability, and Brian Hayes making plenty of contact. Castro could see more counting stats than usual from the hard contact he makes in the near future. Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles, he went 2-4 for four with a double, a triple, a run scored, and 4 RBI. It's the second game in a row with an extra base hit, and the second game in a row with an average exit velocity on batted balls over 100 miles an hour for Gunnar. It's exactly what you want to see in a rookie's first few weeks of action, as Gunnar Henderson is definitely not overmatched here in the major leagues. Glaber Torres went 3-for-5 with a run scored, an RBI, and a stolen base. He pulled off the Little League home run in the majorest of major leagues, which is always exciting to see. With the little hot streak that Glaber's on at the moment, he could get to 25 home runs, 10 steals, and a 250 batting average by the end of the season, which is probably more of a replacement level guy in fantasy. But Torres is still prone to months like he had in August, where he had just a 464 OPS over 103 plate appearances, and that tendency to have these horrible slumps really turns me off on him for fantasy purposes. 
Lars Newbar of the St. Louis Cardinals. He went one for three with a home run. The plate discipline has remained strong, though not as strong as it was when he was super hot, obviously. And the power, though, that's what had evaporated for Lars Newbar. Hopefully this home run is a sign that he's worked through his quality of contact woes. I'm okay with benching him if you have to, but I don't want to cut him quite yet in 12-team leagues with more than three outfielders, as just a little hot streak here and there could quickly put him back at the top of the St. Louis lineup over a guy like maybe Brendan Donovan, though more on those two in just a bit as far as today's context. And of course, a regular update on Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners. He went two for three with a home run, two runs scored, and a stolen base. And that's, again, just an update on the all-but-official AL Rookie of the Year. As far as starting pitching action from yesterday, a couple guys to highlight. I'll start with Sonny Gray of the Minnesota Twins. He went against the Royals. He got the win on seven innings pitch. No one runs, three hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. That curveball for Sonny is locked in right now, and the schedule is very workable with the Guardians and the Angels next on the docket. Carlos Rodon of the San Francisco Giants. He went against Atlanta. He got the win on five innings pitch. No earned runs, two hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. He left this game a little early with a blister, and the velocity was down about two ticks. He was at 94, though that could have been due to that developing blister. All that said, Rodon has 167.2 innings so far in the season, and 220 strikeouts should be an ace for the foreseeable future, especially now that we've seen Rodon pitch a full season, or at least as full as we can expect from a starter in this day and age. Brian Bello of the Red Sox went against the Yankees. He got the loss, but not his fault. He went five innings pitch with no earned runs, six hits, one walk, six strikeouts. It was bad beat defense for the Red Sox in this one, as you likely picked up from the Glaber Torres Little League home run. Nick is inclined to consider Bello a cherry bomb, and I suppose I agree. He's mostly got underwhelming stuff, but seems to command it better than a lot of other young pitchers. I'll take Brian Bello's stuff and command, though, against the Reds in his next outing. Kyle Gibson of the Phillies went against the Miami Marlins. He got the win on six innings, pitched one and run, six hits, no walks, seven strikeouts. Gibson continues to crush bad offenses in a wonderfully predictable fashion. But with Atlanta and Toronto on the the horizon, I'm not relying on him in any but the deepest of leagues. Drew Smiley of the Cubs went against the Mets. He got the win, actually, on five innings, pitched one and run, four hits, one walk, five strikeouts. But what you need to know about Smiley is that he draws the Marlins, Pirates, and Reds for his final three starts, and you can absolutely ride that off into the sunset. Edward Cabrera of the Marlins, he took on the Phillies, he got the loss on 5.1 innings pitch, two earned runs, three hits, three walks, four strikeouts. Really what stood out here though is that his secondaries are developing really nicely and he's using them a lot more and he has two great matchups coming up so keep leaving Edward Cabrera locked into your lineup. And Joey Wentz of the Tigers, he went against the Astros, got the loss. Not too bad of a start, though. Four innings pitch, two earned runs, four hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Now, Wentz's fastball sits in about the low 90s, but it comes from a high arm slot with a lot of spin, so he can generate a lot of weak contact at the top of the zone. Joey Wentz's command has been pretty solid so far, and I like him as a high-floor, low-ceiling guy in Dynasty formats, as Wentz could be a decent back-end rotation piece as soon as next season, especially if Wentz can get that changeup working more consistently in the big leagues, as it was one of his best offerings in the minors. Dane Dunning, finally, of the Rangers, he went against Oakland, 4.2 innings pitched, 4 earned runs, 6 hits, 3 walks, and 5 strikeouts. Dunning actually got 18 whiffs in this game, got the gallows pull, and still managed a poor line against a poor offense. That's all I need to know about Dane Dunning in terms of whether I'd ever trust him for fantasy, because if you can't get the job done against Oakland while you're getting whiffs, I just don't expect you to get the job done. For relief pitching performances, while Clay Holmes does have three saves since returning to the closer's role at the end of August, it's worth noting that he's allowed an earned run in each of his last two appearances, and still looks far more hittable than Holmes ever did in the first half. You need to keep plugging Holmes into your lineup if you need saves, but it's not nearly with as much confidence as you'd like. James Karinchak continued his bounce-back campaign with a save after Emmanuel Kloss picked up the save in four of the last five days. Just crazy stuff. 
Karinchak has absolutely nasty, nasty movement on all of his pitches, though. And while he's unlikely to reclaim, reclaim the closer's role from Kloss for the Guardians, he should be a rock-solid option in leagues that count holds for the foreseeable future, including save-plus hold leagues. AJ Puck needed 26 pitches to get through two innings of work on Tuesday, so it was Domingo Acevedo who was called for the save. I don't think he's a threat to Puck's role quite yet, despite that five-run collapse we saw from Puck last week, but at this point in the season, I don't think you even need to prioritize AJ Puck due to his awful team context and the limited number of save opportunities he'll likely have for the rest of the season. And then after eight consecutive hitless outings and nine consecutive scoreless ones, Craig Kimball finally gave up a home run to the blow of the save last night. His role's as secure as ever, though, and it's worth noting that Evan Phillips has been absolutely unstoppable as the setup man. Since Phillips' last loss on June 21st, he has a 0.63 ERA and 0.52 whip. If anything were to happen to Kimbrell, it's Evan Phillips who would almost certainly take the job, and quite frankly, he's been worth rostering in a lot of formats just because of how amazing he's been, though those in saves and hold leagues were probably already well aware. So before we talk about the weather and streamers for today, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back right after this. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well, from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball, even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at PitcherList.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. And we are back just in time to send it over to our guy, Mark, with the weather. Mark, tell us about the weather on this short slate of games. Thank you very much. Well, we're getting late in the season. We start to usually see some storms uh, line up along the U.S.-Canadian border as the jet stream starts to drop south. But we haven't seen that yet this year. Um, And as I said, we're getting late in the season. Anyways, long story short, for a short slate today, We will see no weather problems, and I'll be back with you on Friday. Have a good one. Thank you, Mark. Your input is always appreciated as far as streaming options go. With an eight-game slate, I really don't recommend any of the streaming options likely available on your wire. I don't want James Caprellian against the Astros. I don't want Daniel Lynch against the Twins, and I don't want Chase Anderson against the Cardinals. The only two even remotely viable options would likely be Dylan Bundy against the Royals or JT Brubaker against the Mets, but neither are more than desperation plays to me, and I'm really avoiding them, if at all possible. Look to the rest of the weekend instead. For DFS purposes, I'm probably targeting Carlos Carrasco of the Pirates. If he is available in one of your more shallow leagues, you should definitely scoop him up for that start, but otherwise really avoid the starting pitching streaming. On the hitting side, though, plenty of teams to look to as far as potential increased performance. I love the Cardinals against Chase Anderson, who gave up seven earned runs over just 2.1 innings in two relief appearances against these same Cardinals at the end of August when Chase Anderson was originally brought back off the IL. Brendan Donovan's going to probably lead this game off. He's a lefty. He'll make solid contact here against the righty Chase Anderson. Two other lefties that should be on your radar, Corey Dickerson and Lars Newtbar, who I talked about before. They should both be 
very worthy of your attention. They'll probably hit somewhere towards the middle of the lineup and could do a lot of damage here. Hunter Gaddis was lit up in his MLB debut against the Astros, and he'll face the White Sox in this one. The White Sox may not score eight runs like the Astros did, but they should definitely score a couple. Might as well keep Elvis Andrews rolling as he continues to make absolutely no sense. He's not even on my hitter list because I just have no idea when this is going to fall apart, though I will note that we've seen Elvis Andrews have have hot streaks like this. They just don't last very long. I expect it to end at any time, but probably not today, as I do think he can get some hits on Hunter Gaddis. And then finally, I want to pick on starters in their MLB debut. And that's what we have with Diamondback starter Dre Jameson. Go ahead and start whatever Padre you want. Top of the order is better, of course, but any Padre you want to put in your lineup, I think they have a good chance to do some damage against Dre Jameson. With that, we thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. Keep listening to the First Pitch Podcast. We're going to try to help you win those fantasy leagues or just do as best as you can. And please check out the site. We've got things like the Batters Box, the SP Roundup, the pitchers to stream. We've got it all there. We still want to help you win your leagues, despite the fact that football is back for a lot of people. This is the time to get ahead. This is the time to make a difference. So keep getting that information. Keep listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.